So I walked downstairs to wash some dishes the other night and I see a, I'd say, palm-sized wolf spider in my sink next to all of my dishes. And my cultural proclivities told me uh, insect next to dishes means it must die. And so I washed it down the sink into the drain. It looked like it did not enjoy it. I'm sure it didn't. Um, Because I just didn't want it over my plates. And I walked away, went upstairs. And for the first time, I think, in my life, I actually felt a little bit of kind of remorse about killing a bug that didn't do anything to me. Um, I looked up on Google what species it was, learned about it, and kind of said a word to the universe over its memory. Uh, an apology for killing a being that did nothing to me. Um, and I'm happy that that thought came to my mind because it shows to me that I've made real growth in myself um, and also shows me how much farther I have to go because I thought about it after I killed the animal. So, you know, that is duality of being a human, being scared and then being remorseful. Let's try this and try that and try this and uh, then try that and try this and try that and uh, ooh, incidental deconversation or readily let us revel in all the pedestrian efforts join as we call out our minds and share some common thoughts with Jim and Phil, of course, whether silly or important, come on, it's fine to open up your mind, relax, because it's time to try this song for size. All right, welcome back to Try This On For Size. This is episode 79. I checked this time, Jim. And uh, <laughs> Jim is here, and uh, we're super excited to also bring back, uh, for his third time on the podcast, joining the Three Timers Club, good friend of the pod, Patrick Jones. I cannot contain my excitement. I just love talking to y'all about random cultural things that make people stirred up. Yeah. <laughs> We're so happy you're here. I'm so excited to stir it up. <laughs> um, oh, actually, that was a genuine Pat- laugh too. Patrick, do you remember the uh, topic on the first time you came on? I would be lying to you. If I- oh, yes. No, cancel country. Yeah, exactly. See, I there knew it, 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 was a it, it was a very memorable conversation. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, we'll try, as always, to not get canceled. Um, but as I think you told us on that podcast, cancel culture doesn't really exist. So. We should be fine. Hey, um, two or three years out, Bill Cosby's free. I just want to let you know. I know. You can go back to the recording. You brought it up. You're not Louis C.K. Right. has sold out Madison Square Garden at least once. Yep. There you go. There you go. Anyway, yeah, I think I'm... Yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to hear about where you guys are at. And uh, I'm going to start with you, Jim, and then we'll go, we'll go Patrick. So where are you at? I'm in a great place. Um, still out here in sunny California. Um, I just got back from a bike ride with my live-in boyfriend. Um, he was not very happy at the start because we I made him like climb up around like the Twin Peaks area, um, and then it was pretty windy when we got down to the beach. Um, but then we got some pizza and went to the surf shop to get like to look at some clothes. Uh, so I think he's, I think he's happier for the experience. Uh, <laughs> I love a live in boyfriend. That's great. <laughs> I just want all you 
Christians out there to know. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I'm doing well. Um, had a wedding with, uh, with, that I went to with Chris on Friday um, out in the Reno area, which is my first time in that part of the country, um, which was pretty unique. And I don't know if I would necessarily recommend, but it seemed like it had a lot of soul. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited to, to talk about our inevitable demise at the hands of um, an uncaring machine overlord. <laughs> Perfect segue. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect segue as always. (laughs) Patrick, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. I'm in that interstitial period between, oh, it's wintertime and God, it's hot. Uh, I'm outside of (laughs) DC right now. And so, you know, the humidity's down, the sunshine's up. I can't complain. Nice. Nice. Um, And for our listeners, you're in, uh, well, I guess you said DC area, but you're in Maryland. Maryland, yeah. Nice. Did you catch any cherry blossoms this year? Don't you guys know like the, the the tourists blocked that out? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. They can have the basin for that time. The pollen is terrible, so like I'm okay with that. But no, it's it's really beautiful right now, and Mid nice. Atlantic is home. So yeah, nice. Um, I actually was just chasing a little spring last weekend. Um, Kay and I went to New York City and saw a bunch of college friends. And we actually went without our kids, which was super fun. Um, took the train, um, you know, saw the sights moved without having to uh, count bottles or <laughs> have backup pairs of clothes. Um, and it was super enjoyable. Kay also got a... Uh, an amazing gluten-free bagel. So that was also, can't find that around these parts. So it was a win all around. Did you train all the way from Portland? Just from Boston. But we, okay. we bust, bust to Boston train the next leg. Okay. But there is, I guess the train, the train that goes from Boston to Portland doesn't connect. To the yeah, you'd have to so switch. It's still it's... Amtrak, but yeah, yeah. It doesn't go straight. Um, but uh and just uh, in in memoriam news, unfortunately, my uh, my aunt who lives in New York City passed away um, after a, a long battle with cancer. Um, and just to shout her out um, because she is like quintessential New York for me. Um, she's lived on the Upper West Side since like the '60s, um, and just was like so she was married for a little bit she didn't have children but she was just like so new york she like had like a friend for everything she like Mm -hmm. talked at the the guy like selling hats next to like her grocery store so actually something we did that was really nice um that made me feel almost better than seeing her which is weird to say because i saw her over christmas and that was kind of like a really nice visit i think if i had seen her you know just before we got there it would have been kind of dark days but um her apartment is where uh, it's on the, it's basically right next to the corner of the restaurant that Seinfeld, like the, it, they don't actually film in that restaurant, but like the outside that's on her street. And that's where my love of Seinfeld comes from. Cause we used to watch it in her apartment. So oh. my mom gave me the keys. And so we let ourselves in. We just kind of walked around, um, which was really sweet and nice. And so, um, I actually get to sort of, it is a nice excuse to go back to New York in June for her service. Um, but, uh, but yeah, just shout out to Allison. Um, she was, 
yeah, she was just a, a super solid, like other parental figure to me. Um, so uh, just wanted to name that and, and say that I'm doing well, sort of trying to accept all the things that are happening in my life and, and still uh, showing love regardless. Well, that's a very nice memorial. I'm sorry to hear that. Sounds like a big loss. Yeah, I think, yeah, we're doing okay. Um, Is Tom's restaurant still functioning? I yeah. I heard it. Okay. The sign, the sign looks terrible. I'm like, you guys can't get a little money for the sign. <laughs> the sign's <laughs> like actively falling apart, but they've got mm. their little like banners out that say like Jerry Kramer, Georgia Lane. Mm. So they, they lean into it a little bit, but, um, but yeah, still there. Still nice. there. Yeah, it's, it's too bad. It's nothing like that on the inside. Yeah, I know. Like, I know. Yeah, yeah. We missed opportunity, but maybe not. Maybe it's like, I feel like that's New York. It's like, sure, it's one of the most famous shows of all time, but it's not, <laughs> you know, it's still New York. You're eating here because of my food. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so funny to me how New York, like, really does not do breakfast. Like, that place really sleeps in. <laughs> like, they have a lot of breakfast spots, but Kay and I, you know, young parents, so we're still, like, waking up early. And we'd mm -hmm. be walking around like, can we get it? Like, can we get a bagel? No place is open. <laughs> At what the time? city that never sleeps. I know. advertising. Do breakfast? <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> I feel like we, we, we need to, we missed the thing here. They do brunch. <laughs> they sleep, you know, they sleep between 6 a.m. and, you know, uh, eight, you know, and then the brunch kicks in around like 9, 10 o'clock. It was, I remember visiting New York, like, after graduation and the friend who I was staying with being like, Oh, we can get brunch tomorrow. Like this was like the peak of brunch. I think, I don't know if that's just in our lives or like, in peak brunch. yeah, but I'm like, Oh cool. Like when, when are you thinking? She was like, Oh, like one or two. I'm like, that's lunch. Like, what are you, what are we talking about? Yeah. But I guess, I don't know. Brunch is a mind state. Brunch is a mind state. That's true. Very yeah. true. true. <laughs> I'm going to have some um, brunch later today. There you go. <laughs> Whatever you want. Um, well, speaking of mind states, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to do a classic uh, gym transition. <laughs> Why am um, I getting dragged for my, do I have bad transitions? No, they're great. They're great. They're great. I love them. What the heck? <laughs> um, for our main topic today, uh, this, uh, this pod's theme is growth. Our last one was direction. Um, which Jim expertly uh, directed us through. Um, and we brought Patrick on today to really talk about how we're all grappling with the growth of AI. Um, and, you know, this is something that I've uh, probably, I feel like it, I, this is maybe a weird connection, but it almost is, it's almost like how I heard about the coronavirus, where like I first heard about it, I was like, oh, it sounds like it's, uh, you know, world news. And then some people I really trusted were like, no, this is a pretty big deal. And then I started like doing more research about it after a few months in and then started using it a little bit. This is where the COVID metaphor falls apart. So just forget that part. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like, whoa, it's really here. And it's really uh, growing quickly. So, um, but before we dive too much into AI specifically, I wanted to actually get a sense of where both of you land on like the new technology adoption scale like are you typically first people in the pool are you more like you wait and see are you more like uh yeah you're dubious up front 
Like just let, let's kind of ground ourselves with, with that. And I'll let you go first, Patrick. It depends on the technology, but this one, I was, I was very upfront. Uh, I have a paid membership for uh, ChatGPT. So oh. yeah. Mr. Moneybags. Ah, no, <laughs> but it does a lot of things that other subscriptions don't for me. So, you know. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, but other ones, but other ones, you're more, you, you sit back and wait. I, I, I look at it like a, on a usefulness scale more than a new technology thing. Crypto had no usefulness for me, uh, but like iOS, iPhones, those kind of things, I saw the usefulness in that and kind of, so it depends on the usefulness, practicality. You, I need a use case. I don't want it just because it's shiny. Got it. Yeah, I think I'm similar. Um, I have dabbled a little bit with ChatGPT. I didn't do any crypto. I think I bought like some kind of derivative of cryptocurrencies like the day before everything fell apart. So was <laughs> definitely not an early adopter uh, there. And that was mostly because like I didn't like kind of like Patrick saying, like I didn't really understand the utility or like really what it, what cryptocurrency was. Um, I kind of get the utility of chat GPT, but like not totally yet. Or I don't think it's like super, I don't really need it for what I do professionally. Um, or personal or socially. Um, but TikTok, I was a pretty early adopter of mm. and am like clinically addicted to. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think, yeah, Patrick gave a good nuanced answer that it depends. But typically, I think at this point in my life, I if I just had to answer generally, I'd say no, not an early okay. adopter. Yeah, mm. I get okay. that sense. I think I am... I'm agreeing with the, of course, I'm influenced by both your answers, but I think uh, I tend to, yeah, I didn't even think of crypto. I was trying to like list out new tech, new things that I've reacted to over the years of my life. And I didn't even think of crypto because I remember my cousin-in-law describing it at a Thanksgiving. He was an early adopter on it. And I was like, dude, I don't even understand what you're talking about. <laughs> so therefore I will not be partaking. Um so I think for me, if like I can understand it, yeah, I'm I'm curious and I want to get in it. I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious what, yeah, like what I try because everything to some degree can be a little bit hard to understand. And so I'm curious, like, yeah, I just didn't even try to understand crypto. Just like no, nope. mm-hmm. um, but it smelled uh, too much pyra- like a pyramid scheme. Yeah, it <laughs> I mean, but, just like when when the explanation comes along with like the explainers telling you like I'm making a bunch of money and like you're probably missing out, but you could maybe make a little bit of money if you start now. It's like, right. why does this sound like a late night info? Actually, in fairness, I do think maybe also my cheapness factor played in because I also mm-hmm. am pretty tentative with things that like, yeah, I got to fork up money for to try. Yeah. So that could yeah. be it. That could be very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I was pretty early like I was pretty early on Facebook. I was, I was very early on Twitter. Um, I I don't know, like I definitely joined Twitter in 2009 when I was pretty, pretty young. Um, and, uh, in general, I'm like, if it's, if it's a technology, I'm generally pretty curious. I actually do fall prey Patrick to the it's shiny. Like, uh, I'm just like, Ooh, that looks cool. Like I, I'll always remember when the iPhone came out. I was just like, I have to get it. I have to get it. And actually, I didn't get it for I didn't get it for years because 
my parents like uh said they weren't gonna fork up the money for it so i was like all right yeah. um and i eventually saved for it but um yeah i think i'm generally like following but not necessarily diving in yeah for sure i but, still don't really understand what like why people love twitter so much <laughs> i know i don't know i well i've put it's a life yeah it's a lifestyle yeah no it's it's a callback but yeah no it really is kind of a lifestyle (laughs) like i remember twitter was super important in my like undergrad experience um it felt like the world was a little closer everybody in the cultural group that i was in um Mm -hmm. was talking to one another Granted, my experience was I was going to Howard at the time. So, like, that was, like, the, the, the tastemakers in a lot of, like, the Black communities around the area. So, like, that incentivized me to use it more. And then the world kind of seemed to jump on it. But I do realize the majority of people don't have any real reason to kind of yell into the universe in text yeah. form. Uh, for me, I say, like, it comes from, like, being at the dinner table as the youngest or one of the youngest cousins and so like not really getting a chance to speak, but being kind of fascinated at what the adults like are talking about. Like that's how I am on Twitter. I'd never tweet, but I'm just like, I can't look away from the conversation, even when it goes like horrible. I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was scrolling uh, with my hand for the listeners. Um, but on the, Patrick, you did, you have admittedly dove in uh Dove in, dove in, dove into the pool of AI. Yeah. So, like, you're ready for it. All right. Do you feel ready for it? Like, no, I, yeah. I have no, like, so the ideas that I've seen some people use ChatGPT for, um, I'm, I'm nowhere ready for it. Um, like, I'm literally trying to think of things in my day to day. Like, today I was at the grocery store. I was like, I wonder if I could feed an image into it. It could scan it and then create a CSV that has all of the all of the things I bought, the total, and then I can maybe keep a track of what the prices are. For, like I'm thinking in complex ways because I'm like, how the hell can I use this more? Mm. Um, but I'm nowhere on the vanguard of like using it daily. Got it. I just want to have my hands on it so I can understand when somebody tries to inevitably pitch me a pyramid scheme. I could be like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Is there any part of it too that you like you want to understand it because you see that like it could really either on the bright side change the world or on the bad side fuck up the world even more than it's already fucked up? I mean, both things are changing the world. So like if if I see it as it is and this is like how you can look at anything. Uh, it's a tool that we've made and those tools in the wrong hands can do dangerous things and the tools in the right hands can do miraculous things i i shudder a bit that it's being used as a tool for capitalism instead of like something that we did as a collective unit so we could maybe think about it a little bit more but also you know capitalism does a lot of things fat like there's a lot there so (laughs) jim how about for you um how about what for me or wait like how prepared are you for this like do you feel very underprepared do you feel like yeah i'll probably be fine i think i'll probably be fine um (laughs) i i don't know like things are just becoming i'm just getting older and (laughs) (laughs) things are just so complex and like i don't can't we just go back to the olden days um, oh so that's where you're at 
I don't know. Like I like I'm happy for. I think there's definitely yeah. There's ways that it um, could threaten probably like people at the margins. Like anything. Um, I think there are ways that it could be helpful. I my, I used it once to. I tried to like have it uh, do like. I, I work in biomedical research, and I tried to have it like write a paper for me uh, on a topic and it like provided it like wrote like pretty decent it did a pre pretty decent job and then it like started like sharing references like from where it pulled some of the information but the references were like made up like it just and then i, I like asked it like oh could you like could you send me a link to that paper that you referenced and they would like they would send me a link but it was um like it was broken like it was just a link to nothing so I'm like, how useful is this if it's providing me, like it provided it provided me an answer and like like something that like seemed reasonable, but it was not actually predicated in anything. It was just kind of like made up because it couldn't find an answer because like the topic that I'd asked it about, like there's no research on. Uh, but I don't know if it helps, like if it helps me not have to write annoying emails. I guess that's nice. <laughs> like I feel like my life is cushy enough, and like I don't need like a robot to really like there's nothing that i'm i don't know if i'm just like very privileged and lucky but i don't i feel fine like handling menial the menial tasks that exist in my life and i also like chafe at the idea of now i'm just kind of rambling um i chafe at the idea of like just maximizing our productivity and just making like every single like oh like if you like you know if you like didn't have to research this or like do this by hand or whatever like you'd have more time for like crypto or like you could you know use your you could be like out you know i don't know I, I just kind of i think that's i'm trying to get away from that um as a perspective and be okay with stuff just taking time and not being in a rush but those are my thoughts yeah yeah <laughs> i i think one of the the real things that i had to shift my mind in using it is like it's not necessarily a google so like I don't look to it for any factual data. Like I, I understand that it, it's a large language model that is using an average of what it expects and then spits out through some magical computer hocus pocus and knows what to say. Mm -hmm. But if you throw some like notes at it, like, okay, so here are some mm -hmm. notes. And I mean, you work in uh, a field where there might be some proprietary stuff, so you don't throw too much data into it. Mm -hmm. But like, I can give you an example. Uh, some technical things happened at my my employer, and I needed to write up a like a response of what happened, and I I didn't have time to really groom it as a thing that needs to be going to a customer facing kind of thing. I threw some mm -hmm. notes in it. I said, "Write me up an email uh, of this, this, this. Apologize for me, and say that we're going to get it done as soon as possible." Went back mm -hmm. to working on something else. It wrote up the email, read through the email, copy paste. Everything was great, and my manager's like, that's a fantastic email that you sent. <laughs> Thank you for being so considerate. <laughs> yeah. So it's like little things like that. It's like less mm -hmm. of a search engine and more of a do engine, yeah. which is corny as mm -hmm. hell. But like, yeah. Yeah. That, I was, and I can get behind that. My living boyfriend um, was saying that like, he's okay with it as far, as long as it's just like, just have the computers write emails to each other. Yeah. And like, just, but like anything else, maybe leave us too... out of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leave us out of. Yeah, uh. um, yeah. I uh, I also I actually 
so I'm using the free version occasionally. And I actually appreciate that it still is kind of fucking things up because my like brain shoots to the future and is like very terrified of the future um, with it being so ubiquitous. And, you know, especially as Patrick said before, like as a tool of capitalism, like it'll, it'll go sideways at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I like that it actually has some screw ups now because I like, I use it and I'm then like combing through to figure out like where sort of my expertise in making what it said better. So I kind mm. of enjoy that part. I was also just going to say, I feel, I do feel more prepared for this AI stuff to some degree. If you compare it to like the Boston dynamics, killer robot dogs, like yeah. I'm super not prepared for that. Mm-hmm. But you think if, so? Like, uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, no, no, but no. like the Boston Dynamics dogs, like they're still you can shoot those. Like if you shoot one of those dogs, it like with a whatever, with a, with a rifle, with a gun, with something like <laughs> some like a if taser? you have a large rock that lands on it, like it won't. Pop. AI has the potential of literally. Did you read about the article where uh, ChatGPT hired someone to pass one of the like? I think that is far more pervasive than a dog. One of those AI dogs could ever be. Yeah, you could just blow it up. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, what I did, hear it you. hired someone. It like hired someone on TaskRabbit to do something. Yeah, yeah. And the person I was like, "You it. sure you're a robot? You're not a robot." And the robot <laughs> said, "Oh no, I'm absolutely not a robot." And they're like, "All right, money's and expense." I- and <laughs> in our uh in our email this week i'm definitely including the john mulaney bit about are you a robot brew because you- <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean sure it's gonna become that it's like how do you prove yeah no the the deep fakes to all that stuff that trips me out like yeah. just any why are we trying to create yeah why are we trying to create yeah. So the even though I think it the technology I think it's almost like worse the the guy that made like the woman I can't remember uh, what they named her, um, but she's basically ChatGPT but they put a human face on her and she can like swivel and and she was like mm-hmm. on the Tonight Show and people were laughing and they were mm-hmm. making jokes about how she was like I swear I'm not gonna kill you all I was like guys this is not <laughs> fucking funny what is happening <laughs> Jimmy shut the show down. <laughs> Root, start playing. Get this person out of here. I was very. Notice you immediately started calling them a person, though. Well, that's how they pre- presented them. It's going to, yeah, yeah it's no, going to be tough. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I'm really not ready for that. I'm so <laughs> not ready for that. Patrick, are you ready for that? What are you going to do? Are you going to shoot these things? What's no? <laughs> first of all, so. I watched a um, a video on YouTube, just like any good nerd would. Um, it's on a religious religion channel, and it's kind of the apocalyptic language with which we talk about AI, as if it's going to be some great god that's going to judge our humanity and then judge us not worthy, and then decide to wipe us out like the paperclip, whatever, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The thing that I've learned the most in my life is that I don't know that much, and so like. If I can't fathom what this will do. No one would have told me when I signed on to Facebook a couple of years ago to holler at some girl at some other school 
that it would like morph to this thing that could influence elections like we don't know where it's going to go and the the hubris of under thinking that we're going to be able to capture it or harness it is foolish and mm-hmm. so but that's where this, i think oh keep going sorry yeah. my bad <clears throat> fine. no 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 uh, like at this point i think it is the bigger concern for me is for and i don't want to sound like an east coast liberal but like the low information voter because like these these ai large language models can do a lot if you don't know that they're out there right well the thing i was uh about to say when i uh, rudely jumped in i was waiting for my spot because i was like i want to say it um is is because of the facebook thing that's why i think i'm actually feeling more maybe i'm like more aware of how underprepared i am so I don't predict what the AI future will be, but I, and I definitely didn't with social media, but seeing what, how bad that's gone, I'm definitely like, now I just assume these things will go bad. I don't assume they'll go well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to repeat a point that I think we've talked about on the pod before, which is just like, it's crazy to put, to try to like put yourself back in like the society that was super excited about tech companies and like, like super idealistic and how they're going to like change the world for a positive. And now I, I feel like we're, we've gotten to a much more skeptical place, which is probably appropriate. You're good. Um, I, I've seen, and I've seen a lot of comparisons to nuclear technology um, with this. And if we're being honest, our skepticism and our fear of nuclear technology may have actually held us back. Like there are, were, opportunities to leverage and learn and put money into like nuclear energy that maybe would have saved us a bit of headache as far as climate change Mm. in the 50 years since we implemented it but also nuclear like i'm not trying to have one of those in my backyard so i get it (laughs) but like i think that if we think of this in the same way that we if we fight the same if we fight this new battle with the lessons that we learned from the last war we're going to lose. Like the idea that we can take what we learned from social media and be like, okay, now AI, you stay in your box. That's absurd. And mm-hmm. so like, I, I, I just feel like we got to come to this out of a space of not necessarily fear, but like, all right, hold on. What now? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it'll be like useful and there's a lot of positives. I, I wonder if like, can we stop working? Like, can I, can we move to like a universal basic income and just like let these like why are we working so no, much? that's like, gonna be wally though that's what i can't i can't do that because then i feel like that's the whole plot of the movie wally where those people like, seemed happy on that cruise ship. <laughs> i just love the scene where the, like the ship tips and they all just start rolling out of their chairs <laughs> and they're so fat they're just like <laughs> uh, yeah no that's why i can't do that um but it's all like I think the uh, not to do my you know different version of an East Coast liberal, but I think the other thing that's stressing me out is the like these technologies, especially the way they sort of get shared out, is they just like really only the people at the top feel like they leverage them into like you know technically like everyone got a control of Facebook, but there were still like dark money groups that were well-funded by billionaires that like helped influence the election piece. So I'm Mm -hmm. just like, 
I'm very torn up about how, like, if you could, if we could have some, uh, if we could have some ethics and some morals around the table, could we do that to like solve inequality or something? No, they're not mm. going to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't really know what to do because you can't just like rely on people to do the right thing. No, you can't. And yeah, there's no political will to like mandate that people do the right thing. So, so I guess that's where I come back around and I'm like, well, just me as an individual, I could be prepared to the point where I can learn how to use it, you know, to improve the things that I'm doing for myself, doing for my community, whatever. That's, that's kind of like how I've been using it. Um, but I'm definitely, yeah, I'm, I'm under prepared. I'm only prepared in the sense that I assume it will be bad, but I'm very underprepared for the outcomes of this thing. This is one of the very few tools that I think I've ever seen, not ever seen, but like in, in, in hum- human history, like the idea that only the rich people can use the new tool is, is kind of how it goes. Like in the iron age, I'm pretty sure like yeah. Bob on the corner wasn't sh- like forming shields and stuff like that. And like gunpowder wasn't something that you could just, yeah, theoretically you could make it, but like the regular person wasn't doing that. Like no, I think the, if a medium sized state devoted a decent amount of money to creating a large language model, hell, the llama language model got uh hacked and released on the internet a couple months ago if you really if you put a couple of million dollars in the grand scheme of things into this that's not that much you'll get a pretty powerful thing so like yes it is terrifying but i also feel like this is the first opportunity in a very long time where it's just like yo want to is like the real thing that's there like do you want to generate this thing and where do you want to point your specific ai yeah I want to shout out my coworker Spencer, who is the other person who I always have nerdy conversations about AI with, but he's like, I feel like we need to be teaching kids AI and like survival skills. Cause he's like, AI is either going to be like the thing and they got to learn how to like leverage it for their own success and success in their own communities. Or like we're headed to Armageddon. So let's give them some basic survival skills. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there's a, uh, I like the take. It's, it's, it's a strong take. <laughs> Can I ask you all a question? Yeah. If uh, So think about where you were in 2009 when the iPhone came out, right? And think about how the world has changed since that, that period of time. Do you think in the next, what, 2009, I'm bad at math, somebody do it for me, what was it, 24 years ago? 14 years ago. 14? Oh, sorry, 2009. Yeah. I heard the four. Sorry. Right? Yeah, sorry. I heard the four, Told and you, I was like, bad you at math. Get it. <laughs> you know, what can I say? Uh, 14 years ago. Sorry about that. I'm very good. I'm social scientist, not math. Anyways, <laughs> um, do you think the world will be better or worse in 14 years? because of us using this new technology do you think we're going to even be like is the question to the point where like yo 10 years from now we're not even going to be like here or do you think like 14 years it's going to be functionally the same just with like better siri are, are things better are you well i guess first do you think things are better now than they were in 2009 how are we qualifying better for you and me that's a very good question i mean <laughs> The mobile phone changed banking, the mobile phone changed communication, the mobile phone changed education, the mobile phone changed filmmaking. Like, 
is the impact of this going to be as broad and far-reaching as as the mobile revolution or is this going to be another crypto where it's like yo we see some use cases but like at the end of the day it's like, eh. i think like the mobile phone um like the iphone like was just so user-friendly and so intuitive and like fits in your pocket i think if people come up with use cases for jet chat GPT that are like on par with that, that level of approachability, then, uh, then it'll be super pervasive. I don't know. That's probably not, that's obvious. That's maybe, I think... maybe obvious. Um, but I like to think that things are getting better. Like technology generally makes things better in like always, um, mm-hmm. on the whole, I think I'm more worried about like, like who's calling the shots and kind of the concentration of wealth in this country and around the world, like, and just the amount of power that certain individuals have um, that either allows them to wield this and like other tools. But I think I, I, I'm general, even though I'm like kind of scared of a Boston Dynamics dog breaking down my door and ending my life. Um, I do, I think like macro level, I'm pretty positive on like new technology and like think mm. that like it can be, it, it is a net good, but I, uh, I'll just say, like, I struggle with questions like these, not in the, like, I thought it was an interesting clarifying question about, like, are you saying these last 14 years are better? I didn't even go there. I just went in my head. I was like, I I do really worry that things will get more bleak as inequality gets worse. And um, I struggle with that because I'm, a, if for anybody who knows me well, like, part of the reason why I can uh, do a lot and overwork myself or just, like, or just do a lot, even if I am balanced in my personal life um, is because I thrive off of hope. And I think like when I really dive into the dark side of these things, like I've kind of learned to dive into with social media. Um, Yeah. I can't, I can't live in that pessimistic space. So I like act, that's actually where I go more like, well, this, this technology is kind of cool. And I just focus on that because I can't even extrapolate because then I'll go dark because I can like read the room and that's uh, like, I can't, can't function in that space. Mm. I think it's all going to be okay. (laughs) Thanks Jim. I don't know. (laughs) Or we're going to blow ourselves or like a robot's going to set off a nuclear bomb. Well, you just got to shoot the robot dog as Patrick said. So, (laughs) or just do like an old, uh, old timey, like drop a piano on it. (laughs) I I was just going to say, I, I have no guns. Maybe I'll look into an anvil or a piano. <laughs> yeah, let's get the or a big anvil. rock, big yeah. rock, or a Boulder. big rock. Like one of the things that I am I'm I'm looking at at this time is that I don't trust rich people to trust other rich people. And one of the things mm-hmm. that I I think that these large language models, just like AI in general, needs is data. And as we've found in the recent year, like data is very valuable to people. And I don't think companies are about to just load their proprietary information or whatever mm. into some other company's large language model that, yeah. I mean, like, and so as long as companies in this capitalist system don't want to share their stuff and maybe they deploy an AI to defend against an AI. And yeah, that's an arm race for AIs, but we're already there anyway. Um, I don't know how much we can do at a societal level because I don't think we're going to fall for that same trap of giving too much data to these machines. I don't think. Okay. 
that's a hopeful point to end on. Um, Jim, any uh, any final thoughts on if you're prepared at all for this mayhem that is AI? Um, I, you know, I like I know Patrick is telling us not to worry about the robots, like the physical mm. robots, not the um, algorithms. But we there are driverless cars in San Francisco, um, and like you can you can like uh, hail one for free, and it'll take you somewhere. Um, and the other night, like there was one just like disabled in the middle of the road, just like blinking. Um, I don't know. I, I this this entire podcast. I'm sorry, listener. Um, this entire podcast, I've just been like waffling between like hopeful and <laughs> terrified. But I'm like, should a car be able to drive itself? Like, it, like cars are very powerful things. I don't know. <laughs> um, and so now the chat. I don't know. So I, I'm underprepared. Yeah, I very much land on I'm underprepared. I'm actually feeling a little bit more prepared on the education side of things because I feel like I mean I'm still probably playing from behind a little bit but I came up with something that I think would be a cool assignment which is like you you actually ask all kids to use chat GBT but then when they submit their final assignment they have to submit the screenshots of what chat GBT gave them so then we can kind of like look at how kids are processing what the language model is processing so I feel like there's actually lots of cool like ways to do critical thinking and all sorts of other skills um, that when I then talk to other educators about it, they feel like farther behind in it. Um, so maybe I feel a little bit more prepared on that end. And I don't, you know, I don't get up in arms about like, oh, there's going to be widespread plagiarism from kids. Like if they're crafty enough to use it, like, I don't know, there, there's potential value in that hot take right there from an educator. But, um <laughs> But yeah, I think what's the powerful or what the like, what the, you know, bad intentioned could do with this. I think uh, it's sort of, that is where I go to the the nuclear bomb um, parallel that scares me about like when they had that technology in their hands, what did they do with it? Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's right. So yeah, I, you, you tease yourself, Jim, but I'm definitely oscillating between hopeful and <laughs> totally afraid so that's kind of how i thought this podcast would go mm-hmm. any parting thought from you patrick on ai uh look i am a pessimist if you know me you know i am a pessimist um do i think this whole experiment's going to go well uh probably not but <laughs> i do recognize that i don't know i don't know anything and especially right now i think it's important for people to have their eyes open and not eyes open in like a way how they can exploit this or how this is going to be exploited but more so thinking about a world that is functionally different than anything we've ever encountered ever as humanity yeah no the something uh uh, two shout outs for spencer on this podcast another thing spencer said to me recently which i appreciated was just like just accept that uh, the only thing that will be true is the change part of it, um, which I was previously when I was talking about it, I was getting stressed because of like how much it could change. But then actually it was helpful reframing for me because I do like change. I actually get bored with like ideas that you know are old news and they become stale to me. So I actually like change. So yeah, if I sort of, I think to your point, Patrick, recognizing that you don't know I wish more people 
like kind of then steered more into that rather than like, I don't know, like hide. But they're like, I don't know how it's going to go. So I'm not going to like be loud that I know how it's going to go, but I'm going to get curious about how it could go. So mm-hmm. those two things I think is how I'll uh, get to sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. Just be open to any possibility. Yeah. Including a robot dog <laughs> responding to the broken down self-driving car. You might be a 90-year-old who can't move and that robot dog will get you your medicine. You never know. (laughs) Yes, yeah. You'll be the first person I contact, Patrick, if I either shoot a robot dog or it actually is helpful. Patrick, I've got this robot dog at my front door. (laughs) (laughs) If you're still alive, you're fine. If you're still alive. Uh, Well, um, Thank you guys for entertaining that conversation. Hopefully uh, this time next year, we uh, are, uh, are are leaning into our growth with AI, but um, let's close the little dressing room. Um, so just uh, tell, uh, tell us Patrick, what you're, what you're trying on for size these days. Could be anything. I am trying on optimism for size, uh, which is, yeah, right. Whoa. I just said I'm a pessimist. Here and here's here's the kind of optimist that I'm trying optimism I'm trying to lean into. I recognize that I am not in control. Mm. And anything that I do to move and act as if I am in control doesn't really do too much in the grand scheme of things. So let's hold on and try to figure out what's gonna happen and then adjust once we get there. That's beautiful. Jim, <laughs> what are you trying to emphasize? Not not too much. I just started a new job um yeah. two two weeks ago. And so just kind of like trying to get, um, trying to hit the ground running with that, I guess. Um, and yeah, but I might, it's a closer job. So I might try, I mentioned at the top that I uh, just got back from a bike ride. Or I forget if that was off pot, but I might try bike commuting because it's now, my office is like mm. 12 miles from my apartment as opposed to, um, like 25 at the old place. Um, and I have a coworker who's really pushing me to bike. <laughs> um, so even though we recently got a lovely new car, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe bike to work, but I've like been, yeah, it, it's a little bit treacherous, like getting out of the city. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit anxious about that. Might do like a dry run over like, I guess next weekend, cause this one's almost over. But, uh, but yeah, other than that, not a whole lot. Yeah. Not, uh, we're watching Succession. Uh, Drag Race just wrapped up. I'm still reading um, the second book in The Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> Ten years too late. Um, and- you know, sorry to jump in, Jim, but I think if, uh, something I've been paying attention to with our age, we're trying mm-hmm. on a lot less stuff in between pods our pods are more spaced out and we're trying on less things i've actually been tracking it and noticing it like oh yeah we're really we're trying on considerably less than when we started this podcast my my closet is full yeah i I think there's nothing now i need to get rid of things Uh, that's too funny yeah um I uh, two things I wanted to mention. So uh, and they're kind of related. So one is I'm reading The Body Keeps the Score, um, which is the book about trauma. Um, I picked it up not just because of stuff I'm going through, but because 
the community that I serve, I think like uh, there's a lot of value in it. So it's been a super helpful sort of text for what I'm doing professionally, um, but I'm getting a ton out of it myself. Um, and two, I'm trying out acupuncture. Um, I've done three and I'm just trying to, like I found someone who I like, I trust. I think like before I thought about it, you know, just in my, you know, uh, I don't know if I should blame wasps for this or Western science or something, but all the people in my family that are just sort of like, you just go to the doctor. Um, <laughs> and uh, I saw her really work for Kay. And then I met this woman when we like brought students to see her business um, and it's community acupuncture, which I like. So I'm in there with like eight other people. So it's very cheap. Um, but yeah, it's been wild. Like uh, I wouldn't say it's been like transformative, but um it's definitely helped. Um, so I'm going to keep trying that on for size. Um, but I don't know how frequently, so I did three. I feel pretty good right now. Might try it again in like a couple months. Um, but if you haven't tried it, uh, yeah, I think it's actually really cool, especially if you get a good person. So those are the things. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I, when you said succession, like I'm, I'm watching succession, but I'm not trying to emphasize at this point. Like I've been watching it. Yeah. I'm, so I'm not really trying anything new on uh, media wise, but um, you know, Ted Lasso succession, those mm -hmm. types of things. But uh, yeah, the, know, acu I, the acupuncture, I'm trying to, trying to be more present and that's why I'm doing that to help. That's great. I'm going to try that out myself. Yeah. I'm down. Okay. They could do a group. Acupuncture. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Over Zoom, Make a podcast. unless you want it to come out or i guess i can go out yeah <laughs> and at lewiston lewiston auburn la community acupuncture 25 bucks okay yeah <laughs> um cool well uh it was awesome to have you back on patrick you're the best yes. thank you so nice much for you. having me um, i love talking to y'all so it's good we always have a great time i love talking to you yeah and uh yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll check back in at some point, um, and we'll uh, ask you what your uh, robot dog's name uh, is. Why Fido, of course. <laughs> Why Fido? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Why Fido? I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Have a good All night. Right. We're playing the music. <laughs>